Welcome back to Podside, everyone. It's that time again. Uh, this is, of course, Carlo, um, and I am joined today by Pete and hey. Kurt. Hello. <laughs> and it's that time again. I said it already, but it bears repeating. We are continuing along with our read-along of the Sword of the Lipter. Uh, this is our first uh, ten-chapter uh, sprint uh, mega episode, double mega size. Episode. No, it's not double size. Don't don't get their hopes up, Kurt. <laughs> well, I, I mean, mean the, amount, can... the amount of content that we're covering is is twice uh, the normal content. Well, yeah, that but is you're true. right. The, the The episode is the same size, but it's more and dense. I would like to say that that the easy joke to make about the the book title actually applies to this section. Licked her, mm. I should have killed her. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> Dead on. Well, well, you know, um, so it, it's, it's Pete, you're spoiling stuff before we even get started. Come on, man. Um, but yeah, so uh, basically, um, we are continuing with uh, chapters uh, VI through XV, uh, 6 through 15. And um, so, uh, as is usual with these types of things, uh, previously on Sword of the Lictor, Severian and Dorcas got the Thrax. Hurrah! They got there. And um, in it, it becomes apparent that Severian and Dorcas have uh, somehow had some sort of strain. Dorcas is not speaking. Um, Severian thinks it's because once again, she's riddled with doubt that he's a torturer. And he explains to her at length that um, torturers, you know, they're just like everyone else except for their jobs. Uh, which is a completely boneheaded thing to insist upon, but uh, Severian isn't very good at listening, I think. Uh, that's another story. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's not a lot that happens. He gets invited to a party by the Archon of the Thrax, the City of Windless Rooms. <laughs> <coughs> We get a description of Thrax, which uh, apparently is like s sort of straddles a a the the Assis River or a Accius River, um, and on one end of the valley uh, it, there's the Accius Castle, and at the other end, facing it, is um, the Vincula, where uh, the Carnifex of Thrax, Severian himself, meets out. Cry, uh, punishment to many, many crimes. Um, and uh, so he gets invited to a party by the Archon uh, and is in, is encouraged to, you know what, um, come dressed as yourself. It's fine. And we continue at the party where he meets a, a, a an older an older woman who he mistakes initially uh, for a pelerine because she's dressed in the red habit of that order. Uh, and it turns out that uh, she, she considered uh, she, she went to essentially, she went to seminary uh, before, uh, before she decided, eh, uh, it's not really for me. And yeah, she did. I'm going to take, <laughs> and then she took the dress with her because it was nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we continue with uh, Syriaca and uh, and Severian 
sort of um, slowly uh, doing uh, seduction on each other whilst uh, Syriaca talks about um, the founding of the original library, bef- the one before Altan's library. Yeah, this, was, is, this, cra- was, this was classic uh, sex position scene. Where, yes. where it's like it's like they're they're banging, but they're also revealing uh, important details to the reader. Yes, like the non butler uh, the the non butlerian jihad that uh, <laughs> the, the the thinking machines had. <laughs> I I really liked that that detail, by the way, where they were like they 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 kind of it's the impression i got was like they conquered everything and then they elevated humans back up and we're like okay now that we've done that please kill us and they're like what no we can't do that no damn it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is it is it is a funny um it's sort of like a subversion of the usual right because you you yeah the, in sci-fi there's like you know uh Machine uprisings a dime a dozen. In fact, I mean, we just we just recently did uh, what was it? Maximum Overdrive, where even bicycles uh, took took a hand in the uprising ever so briefly. Sprinkler systems, uh, but uh, but these machines were were actually very nice. They loved humanity. They had grown to love us, and therefore they they sort of retaught humanity um, a lot of the stuff that uh, I guess human beings had. Uh, left to machines to, I guess, store and and think about and and so on. And uh, I I do love that there's a, I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to find it here. There is a little bit where they're talking about the, um, the fact that they opened the, like they opened a box and it was full of like full of uh, golden moats and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Oh, this is like, they're mixing it again. This is like the, um, the tale of the student and his son uh, approach where there, there's a little bit of mixing of like uh, Greek myth and, and mm-hmm. Pandora's box mixed in with like more very sci-fi concepts. So it, it makes it feel like you get that little sh- thrill of recognition when you, when you take a, like it's, when you read, Oh, it's like, yeah. Oh, well, and, and there's a rind of Catholicism too. All right. Yes. Yes. A tasty spongy, uh, a uh, soft cheese rind of of uh, <laughs> there's definitely a lot of Catholicism in this 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 block of chapters in particular. C- Carlo, one interesting thing to me about the whole like Pandora's box symbolism is that uh, al- although like the the idea of nanites were was kind of around, but not nearly as prevalent. I don't believe as as when um when when Wolf would have been writing this. Um, and, uh, it's, it's very easy to read the whole, like things being released from the box, uh, you know, that the machines made as like a reference to nanites, even though that, that wouldn't have been really. Yeah. So, so the term like nanites were, were hotly discussed in the, in the early eighties. And, and so if, if uh, if if it was known to Gene Wolfe, it would have been very cutting edge. So it, so it almost comes across like an like an accidental allusion to nanotechnology. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing stood out to me here, which uh, reminded me of um, something from uh, Claw of the Conciliator. Right. Um, uh, 
before we get to the 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 sort of like the the machines, you know, sort of like elevating humanity back again, and so on and so forth. Uh, Syriaca talks about um, uh, what is it? But how they did what they did is less well known. I remember when I was a child, I imagined the bad machines digging, digging by night until they had cleared away the twisted roots of old trees and laid bare an iron chest they had buried when the world was very young. And when they struck off the lock of that chest, all the things we've spoken of came flying out like a swarm of golden bees. So that's the that's the reference we were talking about. But also the digging, uh, like digging under the roots of the trees. And it made me think of you remember when Severian's in the Manape cave and he hears like down in the depths, mm-hmm. something sort of like making like a racket. Yeah, uh, and just, he even he he references that a short while later too. Yeah. So, um yeah, I mean it, it it's really sort of interesting the way it's set up. Uh, uh Pete, I will disagree with you about the rind of Catholicism. Um uh, mainly because uh, there's a rind, uh there's the middle and there's the uh there's chewy as well. center yeah. as well of Catholicism there. Uh, it's it's all Catholicism, a lot of it. Um, but yeah, uh, so so <laughs> I like that the the chapter ends with uh, Syriaca basically saying, "Oh, you, do do you really need to take off your cloak? Can can you use it to just cover us?" <laughs> While they're you know engaging uh, engaging in the sex, the sexy times. Nah. <laughs> I, I I really like how um Severian basically winds up waxing poetic about milfs. <laughs> Where he's like he, he's like he's like she was she wasn't beautiful in the same way and 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 you know Dor- Dorcas and Jolenta had 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 a light inside them like like brilliant candles and hers had long since gone out but she knew much more of the arts of loving than any of them. <laughs> Yeah, it's it is funny because uh, at this point, this is obviously Severian speaking in the future. I'm guessing because when did he ever have a chance to uh, find out whether Thea was good at sex or not? You know, uh, so I'm guessing that uh, this is future Severian saying, "Oh yeah, we we brought her back in uh, into the into the." The, the circles of the house absolute and um it's it's an interesting little tidbit slash detail that uh it can easily be sort of like missed in this um but yeah uh there is a discussion of well actually uh after they're they're done uh doesn't Abdiasis meet them in the in the garden? Yes, he shows up yep. and is like, "Oh, good, you found her." And that's that's just kind of like how it <laughs> how how it ends ominously. Yeah, uh, and I thought that was a brilliant jump. Sorry, go, go ahead, Pete. Well, I mean, I I I could be an idiot, but I interpreted that as as she's Severian's target. She is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's and okay. and but but he doesn't I don't if if he already knows that he's there to kill someone, the reader hasn't been informed. Right. 
you're you're only informed like in a roundabout way because like at the beginning of the of this uh, of the next chapter he's running away from something and you're like what did he so what did he do and that you get was the impression so weird yeah well he yeah he 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 time jumps ahead right where yeah. he's he's basically making a making a break for it uh and he's sort of uh uh, he, he's starting to run out of avenues because the 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 archons like released the demarchy to patrol the streets but then there's also a weird um sort of extraterrestrial creature that is only uh described as the a salamander um which is just basically spewing like it, it's it looks it basically it looks like a, a weird flower, like its head is like a flower. I guess as as pained as uh, this makes me, uh, we could compare it to the uh, the way the uh, Demogorgon in Stranger Things has a head like that. But I, I imagine it very differently, just that its head opens up like a petal, like petals of a flower. And then it just like belches fire, uh, you know, onto the streets. Uh, and, um, yeah, we, we get this like action sequence where he runs into the, um, the innkeeper where he had, uh, he had, uh, uh, stashed Dorcas away and, uh, he manages to get back to the inn because he's, he needs to talk to Dorcas and it's only after, uh, basically he meets Dorcas that he admits, yes, in fact, I was there to kill her. <laughs> So it's like three or four chapters ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it, that as a mechanism because like it, it's you, you suspect like it just, it makes, it makes all that stuff kind of ominous and gives it like a, like a weird momentum because you want to find out if you're suspect Cause it's, it's not, it's not hard to guess what's going on. Um, but between the way that the previous chapter ends and the way that the next one begins, like it's clearly ominous that uh ab what the hell is his name abdiasal something like that abdiasis abdiasis um it's clearly ominous how how and when he shows up and then the fact that suddenly severian's like whoop gotta get the fuck out of here before they kill me um is is like very telling but you and it's it, you, you can kind of interpret what's what happened but yeah as you say it's two or three chapters before he actually confirms it to uh you know speaking it aloud to uh to to uh, dorcas I, well, I mean I, oh go ahead I, I'm about to go off the edge, so why don't you respond before I do that? Uh, I was just going to oh, say sorry, that. Oh, uh, no, I was just going to say that that, um, that I, I think one of the things here is that uh, Wolf is also uh, through Severian, uh, letting you sort of figure out or, or try to hold basically two different reasons or motives for him being pursued, right? Did he fuck someone that he shouldn't have and therefore like shamed, you know, maybe this is the Archon's wife. Mm -hmm. Although um, I believe in the previous chapter, uh, she says that uh, basically her, her husband is off in Nessus uh, mm -hmm. somewhere. Um, there, there are some theories about that, but I, I, I don't know that that's helpful here. Um, the other one being that, okay, so what exactly, why exactly was he, you know, uh, you know invited to the party um, mm -hmm. in the character of the Carnifex, who is an executioner? And so, you know, that helps you sort of like, well, was he supposed to kill somebody 
and they and then he didn't. <laughs> so he he lets you sort of stew with that and hold both of those motives in your head until he sort of like collapses the wave, if you will, mm-hmm. right? By by having so, Severian admit it. I had a very stupid idea while reading this, which is uh, I was I, I started wondering if the reason it's written in that weird time shuffled way is because shortly thereafter Severian uses the claw um to do some weird time stuff uh Hmm. and that and that in a way this is this is this is just uh this this is uh as as hell tanner from damnation alley might say uh jacking off in my mind um but uh (laughs) but i was like maybe 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 the claw inter like interfered with the narrative itself i don't think Mm -hmm. that's what it is but it it was a funny uh, it, I I was totally sober, but it was a funny like stoner thought that I had. <laughs> I mean, OK, so uh, yeah. uh, continuing with the the mental cir- circle jerk, if to continue the analogy, um, there's I'm sure there are other examples and we can get to them really quickly. But there's a story called Life During Wartime by Lucius fucking Shepard. And um, it's it's science fiction. It 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 takes place during a forever war in America, it, or, or partially in America, partially in Guatemala. It's honestly, I would like to pick it up and place it in place of a lot of things that Scalzi did in everybody's mind. But <laughs> one of the things he does is try and incorporate uh, respectfully. Uh, uh, certain, certain, uh, writing techniques and ideas used in, uh, in Latin American science fiction. And he gives credit for that. And one of the things that he does is that there are, there are points to, to the action, which are critical to the plot, but not critical to the characters. And he just jumps around them. And. I I mention this because you guys have uh, I I mean like I I've I've read a lot but I haven't read deep. Have you seen this technique before? Is it possible that that uh, Gene Wolf is sort of doing the same thing, giving a nod to the location of the characters? I mean, I I would I'm not entirely sure um, that he was doing exactly the same thing. Uh, okay. but, but I, I could be wrong. Like I, I can't really speak to the technique because I, I am sadly not as widely read as I'd like, um, well, in sort of, of like the, yeah. Uh, in that, in that particular tradition, but you know, um, you know, Kurt was talking to, you know, like Kurt's theory is not, um, is, is really sort of a funny, uh, a funny distillation of what Dorcas basically says later on, right? The claw is basically a way to time shift you. It's not that it heals you per se. It's that it time jumps you back to a moment when you were, you know, not wounded or it time jumps you forward until you have, you know, convalesced sufficiently to actually, uh, you know, get back get back up yeah so so even though it's a bit of a stoner thought uh it it is something that is addressed directly in the text and i i don't think that that's a mistake on on gene's uh part right uh, wolf is very 
meticulous in in how he reveals information. I mean, this is also just the the, the very simple explanation. I think is, you know, Severian wanted us to think better of him. But then he can't get away from admitting that, yeah, he was contracted to kill the kill Syriaca and he didn't do it. And that's what got him in trouble. What what I was curious about, though, was did he go to the party knowing that that was what he was there to do? Or does he find out off off the page a- after uh, um, Abdu- whatever the hell his name is Abdiasis, Abdiasis, yeah. uh, shows up? I so so. Remember uh, back when we were talking about the first five chapters, um, Kurt, you'd mentioned that, you know, real power move on Abdias's part to to have, uh, you know, a Severian show up in his uh, in the trappings of his uh, profession. Right. As an executioner. I want to say that, yes, he was probably told then, but he is not. He did not reveal it. Um. One of the things that uh, I think, um, to to a certain extent, I think uh, Abdiasis may have been one of the lovers that Syriaca took, um, and the the whole idea of perhaps being shunted for someone else uh, is what provokes him. Remember that when uh, he he we first meet him, he's standing a little too close perhaps contemplating suicide and tossing himself over the, the balcony. Mm-hmm. Well, so the I don't line, know if that, but the line was, ah, you found her. I ought to have anticipated that. And Severian says, I thought so. I told him, but I wasn't sure. So, I mean, it's certainly, they, they certainly had a conversation about a person in the abstract at that party. Hmm. That's true. When I read that, I thought it was just Severian kind of like being sarcastic or or like playing along. But that's a good point. It does sort of suggest that he he was given a mission. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, so so then uh, we we go back uh, in his uh, mad dash to um, basically cover up the fact that he he was uh, <laughs> for as long as possible cover up the fact that he was contracted to kill Syriaca. Uh, we get the the chapter where he ends up back uh, up at the um the little hovel up on the cliff top, uh, where the the girl was just basically you know just a skeleton, skin and bones, just lying there, red, you know, on the verge of death, and her brother with the uh, the pussy eye. Yeah. And and weirdly this is one of those uh one of those situations where the claw is in uh, unequivocally um you know uh, telling him yes I need to be used. I need to be utilized for this purpose. So, Which you know <laughs> I wonder about. Go ahead. Well, I mean I I it's possible I'm going crazy, but like isn't this the second time the kid approached him? Like, I felt like at the beginning of this book, he had an interaction with this yeah. kid. Yeah, he yeah. does. That's, yeah. Okay. That's, that's why he went back there, because okay. he, the, yeah, the, the first time, time he, he, he thought about, yes, yeah. So the first time he thought about healing him and his sister, and then he kind of just like chickens out and is yeah. like, eh, I'm not really a good person, blah, blah, blah. So 
um later on uh, later on he 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 returns there um and there's an interesting quote later on in the book um that let me just open it up because it's very beautifully written i really and i'm and, and my phone died well it's something like we have a tendency of 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 trying to pay the debts of the past with the debased currency of the present um and he he describes uh sparing Syriaca and presumably the other good deeds that that he then does at night as his own insufficient way of doing penance uh for having not rescued Thecla, basically. So that was how I read that was that he was like, Well, I'm gonna I, I feel super down and shitty about this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do some nice stuff to make myself feel better, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. the, the 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 debased the debased coin of the present. That's really nice. Yeah, yeah it's it's a very it's a very good uh, honestly it's a very good uh, quote. Um, but yeah, uh, so he he basically uh, by the time the the light sort of diminishes enough, he basically the girl is as if none of that had happened before. She is just. Uh, the perfect you know like picture of health the boy's eye is completely you know like uh healed as well and uh and then he i, I gotta go 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 severian uh boots uh basically he 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 keeps on uh moving along because uh he's got several things after him So yeah, we we come up on the the chapter of the salamander. Uh, I loved which- I loved the salamander. That was a that that was a great sequence. Um, it's a little it's a little ambiguous when it first uh, shows up. Um, at first, I thought that somebody was taking a snipe shot at him with a laser uh, because he mentions mm. seeing like a pit, like a pinprick of a pinprick of light and then feeling heat uh, pass by his face. Um, and mm. I was wondering if if that was it, but I, I think it's just that he sees the salamander exploding from afar. Yeah, um, yeah, very cool, cool because it's you know it's 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 neat how it's kind of written. It's described through through an absence of, of explanation, like as you say, it's only excuse me, it's only bitterly explained, um, and and so it's not like we don't really get a full description of it. It's 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 only ever really glimpsed, almost like the like a monster and like in the first part of a horror film. Yeah. Um, and well, that I mean, makes it feel much more, t- much more tense than, you know, mm-hmm. Severian being like, it was about 48, you know, it was, it was about four cubits from one end to the other. And it had feathers, the color of blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, and, and it helps that it's, it's dark. And then uh, the fact that it, it produces light probably you know, like blinds, uh, you know, anyone that tries to look, you know, look at it more with more detail. So, I mean, uh, the, the description is pretty interesting here. Um, uh, was it, I've already said that from behind when it opened itself toward the Demarchi, it seemed a reptilian flower. That impression persisted now when we saw it in its full terror and glory, but it was joined by two others. The first was the sensation of intense and otherworldly heat. It seemed a reptile still, but a reptile that burned in a way never known on earth, as though some desert asp had been dropped into a sphere of snow. The second was of raggedness, fluttering in a wind that was not of air. It seemed a blossom still, but it was a blossom whose petals of white and pale yellow and flame had been tattered by some monstrous tempest born in its own heart. 
again, fantastic, poetic description that does not tell you a goddamn thing about yeah. <laughs> the, you know, like it lets you sort of like uh, interpret a little bit and fill in blanks. Well, what, so, so I, I, this didn't occur to me now because it's observed a little bit later on in this, this block of chapters, but um, something that is pointed out while Severian is making his escape is that because the sun is dying, they never really actually have daylight. And so they don't understand what, like, they never see anything as bright as our daytime. Um, and it, it, it made me think about how bright the, you know, the salamander would have been and that it would have been like bright, like there, there is, they can't even compare it to as bright as the sun because the sun is not especially mm -hmm. bright. Uh, yeah. And, like, like even, time. even in, in the midst of like, like noonday uh uh you know it, it, you can still faintly see the stars on earth right and well somebody i, I think it's the old man who lives in the the old man who lives in the cabin um says something about how like when i was a boy it was the brightest day that that i could ever remember and and i remember having heard that you know in in ages past the sun was brighter still and there were you know and to so 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 that you could you you know it it would hurt your eyes to look upon it basically mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean uh it, it, we also um once we get to it a little bit more uh, uh completely uh, he 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 actually knew fetchin the guy, the guy who did the portraits in the uh, in the portrait gallery that Rudison loves so much. I thought that was funny, uh, and I uh, okay. One thing I like about ebooks is um, my ebook reader has a thing where, like, if you highlight uh, the name of, of a person, it will it will list to you the first time that it was mentioned uh, in the story, and you can kind of like you can kind of like flip through subsequent mentions. Um, which is nice because I totally did not remember um, who Fetchin was. I, I knew that it had been mentioned before, but it was nice to be able to just highlight it and be like, oh, that's right. It was uh, he his he, he he painted a famous portrait that was in the gallery. See, uh, the machines, uh, the machines wanted to teach you something, Kurt. They they didn't want to uprise and, and kill you. That's right. They wanted me to kill them. That's why I dropped my phone today and it fucking cracked the screen. So I'm working <laughs> on it, machines. I'm working on it. <laughs> one little bit at a time all right so um we also get this um we don't see it it it's described to us but one of the the most sort of visceral things in this bit of chapters perhaps in the in the entire book because i it's an image that comes back that, that my mind comes back to is that dorcas he he finally you know gets back together with her uh she she you know, she, she sort of opens up a little bit and says that that she can't stay with him. Uh, she's got to go back. She keeps on. She had like some. Uh, she she saw. That's what it is. She saw a an old like I guess some salvage that somebody brought um, an old chair and table, and it reminded her of where she lived south of nessus which is uh like the ruins of where the city was mm -hmm. uh you know i guess when she was alive maybe the city was still there because we 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 have to remember that um 
what brought it back. It's not, I don't remember if it's fully described here, but I got the impression that the, the chair and the table that she saw were like, that had cloisonne um, work on it. And that's what reminded her because she, she's already had a couple of uh, sort of flashbacks about, you know, the, the shop she used to work Ah, at. Well, remember, remember. Yeah. That, so, so, um, Severian mentions that, uh, like people, uh, basically people who live in Thrax will, will take the river up to Nessus, uh, and, and scrounge around for, um, for, for like salvage basically and bring it back to sell to the, the, the eclectics who want to live in like a more modern style, basically. I didn't catch that. Yeah, he mentions he he specifically mentions it right like when he's talking about the chair. It's it's like right around the same time, and and, and he says like make you know or, or maybe maybe Dorcas mentions it, but the the implication is that perhaps it was brought back from Nessus. Right, right. Um. So the and that's not the image that uh that sticks in my mind. That's just the the preamble to get to it, which is that she basically tells him that she is certain that she was dead at some point uh, and that she has been brought back to life. That's where she has the, um, her theory regarding the claw, that the claw is a, some sort of uh, artifact that affects time travel uh, in a very limited degree or or time manipulation at the very least. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. Which is what we had discussed earlier, which is, you know, like, you know, like uh, time shifting you to just before you got wounded. So you're not you're not wounded anymore or, you know, uh, time shifting you forward so that you've you've gotten better. You know, um, and the image that she describes is that she's been basically for the last couple of days, she's been unable to hold anything down. And every time she throws up. Lead shot comes up with what she throws up and it's such a striking image and and it's not something that that is that should be a surprise we were we're told this way back in shadow of the torturer mm-hmm. that that's that was the manner of weighing down the bodies once they were you know thrown into the um into the fens over there at the garden of eternal sleep well i hope it's okay if i'm a little surprised anyway <laughs> oh you you can be surprised okay <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to tell you how to feel. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's it, it's not it shouldn't be surprising because it's established, but it's still a a sort of a stunning image, right? Just thinking like of like throwing up and there's a big lead, basically like a slingshot um bullet that it it, it even has strike, you know, sort of Im- embossed on the, on its surface, you know. Yeah. Um there there was which, an aspect of all this that I on the one hand I I liked it on the other hand um it does feel like Wolf doing the thing of like just in case you didn't get it before I'm going to I'm going to tell you all the stuff that I I hinted at previously. And so there is an aspect of this where I'm kind of like I feel like it would almost be better to just leave it lie and just just let it all be implication. And it it almost feels like a concession mm. in, in a way. I can see that. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's <laughs> at this point, it's we're in the third book. Uh, you know, the, the, the first third of the third book. Um, I, I think it's okay to maybe g- give, 
give somebody who's been like sort of like struggling and is like, what the fuck is going on? A little bit to go on. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know that I absolutely needed it. It is kind of neat, though. Yeah, it's 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 cool. And it's interesting to see Dorcas like working through the implications of it, especially because so much of the weird crap just kind of happens unremarked upon by anyone but but uh, Severian. And so it is it is interesting to see Dorcas being like, wait, so they, this happened to me? Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and uh, I mean, it, it is funny because um, one of the reasons, like, basically, this is uh, Severian and Dorcas's breakup chapter, right? Uh, she says that um, she's going to go south, you know, to to back to where she remembers the, her her old shop being because she had had a child and you know by now maybe the child is very old but she wants to meet him for the first time because she doesn't remember anything about him um and then she actually uh i think severian <laughs> thought this was a, a breakup uh chapter because uh dorcas is like well she sort of assumes that he was coming with her and he's like, no, I'm. I, I got to go north. So, uh, also, uh, brief aside. I wonder how frustrated Chris will be when we finally, when we finally get to Thrax, and you know, uh, Severian just leaves again. What? What? I, I am annoyed. Uh, I am annoyed about that because I would have liked to see more Severian navigating society. Sorry, Pete. Go ahead. I cut you off. Well. Here's the problem. I I think um, I think Carlo did a better job of reading this than I did, but I I think he might have said something I disagree with, which is she expected him to come along or want her to come along. Did I understand that right? Because like she referred to him as a death. She says she says both things. Um, so she says. Uh, I know you can't come with me and I don't want you to come with me. Um, and then like a a moment later, she's like, but, but maybe I was hoping that you would change your mind. Is there any chance that you would come with me? And he goes, no, I, you know, I can't. Um, and, and then he challenges her, uh, about the death point. She says, you know, uh, or no, she says something about, um, she says something about him and he responds, you like you told me once. Oh, yeah. She says that he has become like a death to her. And he says, you told me once, like, never let anyone define me that way that I'm not that. And she goes, well, maybe in a little kind of way you are also <laughs> you are also that. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think that she's also approaching it from like a personal um like death doesn't necessarily have to mean like literal death, but it could be, you know, stagnation. It could also mean change, you know, as, as in the, uh, the, the many times everyone tries to correct you whenever you uh, put the death card down in a tarot reading It's like, okay, yes, I know. I know you, you have to understand it's a dramatic looking card, yep. but yeah, like, um, to a certain degree, I feel like um, uh, Dorcas feels trapped in a way. Um, and, uh, but she is also sort of 
she wants to have it or, or she's not sure of exactly what she does want um so therefore you do get like both things right where she's like uh, trying to say something that will um wound severian a little bit mm-hmm. but then later uh when he sort of uh, reacts to that and says, well, you know, I, I have this to do and that to do. And she's like, oh, wait, won't you come? Yeah. And, and so you do get that. Um, it feels like she was trying to get a rise out of him and she did not. Yeah. Huh? I, yeah, I, I can see that. I, I didn't. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure. I I took for, uh, my takeaway from this was that she was just so messed up about the realization, the the kind of growing realization that she was dead. Like not just like in suspended animation, like dead, dead. Like she was dead. Uh, and that she's been brought back and is basically walking around as a corpse. And every like, and she had this life and it's gone. That she's just not like in a place to deal with Severian. Like good good or bad. I didn't really get the impression that she was trying to to hurt him necessarily, just that she didn't really know what she wanted or she felt I'd, like I'd she needed, like, except to get away. I'd like to point out that we've spent about five minutes analyzing a breakup discussion between two crazy people. <laughs> I think they're very sane, Pete. I don't know what <laughs> you're talking about. <laughs> they have um, a magical toenail, so I don't know what, who's, who's <laughs> the sane one now? Um, uh, uh, I just think that, yeah, like in the process of like, uh, just perhaps to say the last thing and we could probably move on from here. Um, you know, I just think that, that, yeah, like I agree with you, Kurt. I think that Dorcas is messed up, but in that sort of, um, that inner turmoil, right. Uh, you can lash out. Uh, it's not, it may not be like completely intentional. So yeah, I, I will say that um i'll amend and say that maybe she didn't really mean to but also maybe i don't know i don't know it's weird also yes um pete i disagree they're very they're very normal people what are you talking about great um so let's go to the mountains why am i the single one here man (laughs) (laughs) um let's go to the mountains folks uh, oh God, I, I really love the, the, so like he, he sort of emphasizes a little bit of, about the, the fact that the mountains, uh, are, are just completely carved faces of previous rulers of earth. Uh, I think there's a line that says like their cheeks lost to avalanches. Uh, it's so, it's such a great little line. Um, but we also get, um, what was it? There's a. I just love this uh, line where he's talking about like he's sleeping um, under the under the stars. And it's sort of like I think it's for the first time that he's like sleeping and he can see like how big the sky and the, the spray of stars and the Milky Way looks and the constellations. And uh, what is it? Um when these celestial animals burst into view, I was awed by their beauty. But when they became so strongly evident, as they quickly did, that I could no longer dismiss them by an act of will, I began to feel as frightened of them as I was of falling into that midnight abyss over which they writhed. Yet this was not a simple physical and instinctive fear, like the other, 
but rather a sort of philosophical horror at the thought of a cosmos in which rude pictures of beasts and monsters had been painted with flaming suns. So a deterministic universe as a, as a basically a cosmic horror is a pretty funny thing to, to think about. I have to admit, I completely missed that, that section. <laughs> That's beautiful, though. I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah, so... so um, go ahead. I, I'm sorry to call this out. You guys are both gentlemen. I'm not. Am I the only person on this app that doesn't have a cough? I don't. Um, I'm not coughing. Okay. I am coughing, uh, but uh, it's for the dumbest reasons possible. You know how um, you're high. <laughs> no, I, damn, I wish. Uh, no, it's it's even stupider than that. You know how like when you breathe in and you have like a one little tiny droplet of spit hit exactly the wrong spot in your throat, and mm. your body thinks that you're trying to kill it. That's what happened. <laughs> Boy, that sounds great. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, uh, me having to admit that uh, I can't breathe well enough, <laughs> according to the, 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 the humanity manual, uh, that, that's really something. So there's, there's a little peek behind the curtain, folks. A little <laughs> extra info for all you subscribers. Yeah, well, it's, it's the 50-year, 50 50,000-mile 50, warranty. Once you're past that, all sorts of weird shit happens. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so, uh, basically, uh, Severian manages to wander through the, um, through the mountains, uh, through this giant, like these giant coniferous trees that have grown up in between the, the, the rocks and whatnot, almost falls off a, a huge cliff. Although, um... I'm not entirely sure because it it almost feels like it was a wall um, that was just it's it's it was built so so long ago that it's now just sort of like he's become overgrown. He says that it was a mountain that split in half and he talks about how at in ages past the earth was was alive inside and that now it is dying and withering up like an old woman in a rotten house. Um, and, and so I, the impression that I got was that it, it was, it was kind of the result of the earth, like cooling off and no longer being tectonically active and kind mm. of starting to crumble a, a little mm. bit. But, but it does mention that as he's, as he's climbing down, he's climbing past like old exposed buildings and stuff. Um, yeah, that, that part was yeah. really cool. I'm just like imagining, oh, he found like a, like a whole layer of Volkswagens yeah. or something. Yeah, it's very, it's very, uh, it's very like Cyclopean, uh, you know, strange, we weird fiction. The idea of, you know, oh, the earth is cracked open and there's old cities there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This um, is my hole. This was made for me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's, it's got all my stuff in it too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a, a gigantic cliff that's just strata after strata of Funko Pops. Now that's Jesus, horrific. That's depressing. <laughs> yes. Um, so so we get to a cabin, uh, which which uh, is not uh, like you know uh, Severian had seen it from a distance, but had lost sort of sight of it as he as he sort of uh, 
walked downwards and to its level again and he he manages to find it finally through the the little wisp of smoke and um yeah it's a it's a apparently a family of um uh, uh i'm not even sure because this feels like it's a weird um like alternate universe uh where severian never made it past the mountains and uh because you the 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 woman who opens the door for him uh it's her name is uh is it Cadro? I keep on getting it mistaken with Casdo, which was the uh, one of the names that they called at the um at the sanguinary fields uh but I think the the woman's called Cadro, which feels like a weird mishmash or or uh flipping around of Dorcas hmm. And then I, you did, have, I didn't think of that at all. It's an interesting point. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just it, the only reason I started thinking about it is because the kids called Severian. Yeah, I did, that, I did that, like that. Yeah, that's true. I the, the whole Severian part of that was confusing to me because I kept trying to make it something that I don't ultimately think it was. What did you think it was? Or, or what did you want to try to make it? Uh, Pete? Time loop. I mean, I mean, when you think about all, well, I, for the audience, because I know you guys know exactly where I'm going with there. There have been instances where they have traveled in in time through various gardens and that sort of thing. And I found myself wondering if this was Severian as a child. But that doesn't make sense because he was not with his family as a child. He was given to the the uh, the torturers guild. Mm hmm. I mean, it, it could, I mean, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's one of these things that I'm not entirely sure. Um, Wolf is, has an answer to this puzzle. Uh, he's just placing interesting little bits in front of us to maybe he had some sort of idea of what this meant. Uh, but we're, we're supposed to make connections and, and, and just, I guess, uh, fall further into that weird, uh, that weird um, part of, well, you know, what exactly is going on again? Yeah. We're right. reaching that part again. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't think it was um, narratively meaningful, but I thought it was stylistically meaningful where it's, it's, you know, you're, you're supposed to be thinking about like, oh, you know, this, this is at some level, the, um, this is the home that Severian never had, basically. And he even talks, mm -hmm. he basically talks about how, like, oh, it's, you know, it, w whenever, whenever, uh, Thecla and I would talk about, you know, uh, running away, um, we would talk about getting, you know, a little rural cabin, which would be perfectly, he, he basically describes cottage core and it says, you know, it would be perfectly arranged with a little thing of mint beneath the window and, and, you know, knitting on the rocking chair and, and like a very well ordered at home. But this, this is actually much better because it, it was a human lived in, um, home. And, and he's clearly very fond of this little, what, what uh, briefly appears to be an, an idyllic, family scene even if it's got this weird kind of paul hanging over it which quickly mm -hmm. becomes not just a paul hanging over it but uh, a peter luke and john as well oh, hey, oh, oh that was that was for you gene that was for you that was <laughs> that was that was one for the cats um but but uh we also let's not forget that an old enemy makes her appearance 
uh, who basically uh, initially there's Severa, who is supposed to be Sever- little Severian's sister. Uh, it turns out that um, she needs to, she has, she's been found out and she makes herself known. And it's none other than dun, 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 Agia returns with so, some, uh, uh, with some, with some plot explanation. <laughs> Well, you know, we got we got a little bit of a sex position, and now we got some revenge position. I don't know. Um, well, she she talks about how uh, basically Hethor has been um, essentially finding ways to bring all these alien creatures to try to kill Severian or, or do something. Uh, I'm I'm gonna guess kill. Uh, revenge being what it is. Um. So so Hethor apparently has. Um, I guess access to some sort of mirror tech like father Anira's mirrors and is able to bring forth these weird creatures, but also like uh, we, we get a little bit of uh Hathor's backstory because he uh, apparently was uh, amongst some of the sailors that went out in between the stars and got lost in that darkness. So for I, who knows how long I thought he just had, um, like pets basically i didn't think he had any kind of technology necessarily affiliated with them he just had them he was just a weird little freaky dude with fucked up animals by the way right. there's a there's a really nice turn of phrase where it, it talks about he was he was stra- he was like stranded between the stars where not even the days may reach them in mm-hmm. in the right. sense of of like basically it sounds like maybe they were like trapped in trapped in something or somewhere was, where they were he, you know or they went, were trapped at light event- speed or something he went to Event Horizon. Yeah, he went to the Hellorgy. To the Hellorgy. So, so the only reason I point out um, that, like, something like the Notules is are, are small enough that I guess you could keep them uh, in a little jar on your person, but you know, like the Salamanders, there was three of them at one point. Uh, so, and they seemed rather large, large enough to be a threat. Um, to to spew enough fire to be like a threat to uh, like mounted uh, uh, you know, like soldiers and whatnot. So you mean like Chewy, <laughs> like Chewy? Yes, indeed. Who's not around tonight? I don't know if you guys noticed. Oh, where's he at? Um, he is at daycare because uh, I am heading to Maine uh, at four a.m. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, I mean, at this point, it's night care, I, I would imagine. But yep. uh, but yes, the, the point stands. Well, the, the, the goodest boy is, um, I'm sure, doing very well. Uh, just standing there as other dogs try to be aggressive and they bounce off of him. Yeah, he's living his best life. I mean, I, the only bad thing that can happen is him being publicly bullied by his sister. But that's <laughs> that's just fate. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, just to finish my thought, the the only reason I do think that maybe Hethor has some sort of weird mirror tech or whatever is because something like, you know, like the the salamanders is something that you just can't just whip out of your pocket, you know. So and you wouldn't want to just like, oh, here, let's uh, grab this creature on a leash. Uh, No. (laughs) How about not? (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like a pass. Of course, I, when you said that, I, I had the excuse me while I whipped this out. Uh, what what 
movie is that from? That is from, uh, was it Bachelor Party? The Tom Hanks one? Yeah, that might have been it. Um, not, uh, I'm not sure that it's a, it's a movie that holds up, but um, that, that is it, a line. It, yeah, I, I, I'm not pretending that it does. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's all good. I mean, we, we did watch Mazes and Monsters on here, Pete. So. I, that's I believe true. that's actually from Blazing Saddles. Is it? Yes. Yes, yes okay. it is. Yeah, that's and it's, what it was. It's, it's weirdly been sampled in a bunch of uh, electronic music uh hmm. from from what i recall maybe there's like a chemical brothers track or something like that i don't know i would yeah i wouldn't be too too surprised by that but yeah so um so then uh basically we we get agia give us a little bit more exposition uh of exactly what hethor and she have been up to and then uh we end up with the so so one of the things that's happening in the background is that um I'm sorry. Uh, it's it's not. It is Kazdo is the the name of the widow. Um, uh, Kazdo has been sort of like uh, sort of anticipating her husband coming back from hunting, uh, gathering something, uh, being away, um, and uh, he hasn't shown up yet. It's it's you know like night has almost fallen, and uh, she finally hears movement, and she basically. And rushes towards the door and uh and and you know she's like so soon Kazdo cried so soon to her son severian get out of the way through one of the still open windows i heard a child's voice call father can't you help me dun 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 this was fucked up uh i read a little bit ahead and it gets more fucked up oh yes, uh, yes. it's it's great so i'm excited for the next block of chapters not not to give anything away, but uh, what a great, what a great way to end. Uh, what a, what a great callback and a great way to end, to end a chapter. Um, mm-hmm. And to make well, I mean, the reappearance of Ajia seem so insignificant. Yes. Yes. I mean, it also, um, it also uh, makes sense once, like once you think about this, uh, it makes sense why you have all this uh, exposition about like, oh, you know, all those extraterrestrial monsters that uh, come from beyond the stars, yada, yada, yada. There's a reason that they're they're coming for you, specifically Severian. Uh, and then to have this uh, happen is like creepy. And I mean, this is also like one of those things that Gene Wolfe is really good at, right? He's able to really thread a, like he loves threading like horror uh, beats into the ongoing story. And yeah. what a beat this is. All right. Um, any last thoughts? I liked this block of chapters. I thought it was good. There was a lot that happened. Um, I'm, I'm also enjoying the doing 10 instead of five. Uh, I feel like it's uh like I was like, man, we probably still have another thirty minutes to do. And I looked up, and we've been doing this for an hour. So I feel like it's given us more to talk about, and um, I feel like we haven't actually missed out on any opportunities for for analysis. So I thought it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I think that's all correct. I mean, when, once you get to the point where you're going to read five chapters, you might as well read ten. You might as well read twenty yeah, or forty. Read. Never book. stop Fuck reading. It. Why are we talking? Let's go read. <laughs> 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 books, 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 books. I think I think that that's a good uh, that's a good place to end it, uh, Pete. Thank you. <laughs> it's like, go go read the rest of this. Come on, <laughs> shut this off and go read. You shits, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, 
not sure that that's a good reading campaign, but, <laughs> but I'll allow it. <laughs> All right. Well, um, if that's it, gents, thanks for reading with me. Uh, and to everyone out there, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time here on Podside. Side.